Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. My name is Matt North. I'm joined by my co-host Paul Hadfield. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm well. Thank you. I'm enjoying the solitude at the moment. Yeah. How are you travelling? Yeah, going all right. I um. I've been in uh, self-lockdown, and uh, they've asked for the uh, the uh, straitjacket back, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to miss that pyjama top. Yeah, mate, we missed you the last couple of podcasts. Yeah, yeah, so um, anyway, I've never slept better. I, <laughs> in I, the straitjacket? Yeah, I can recommend it. In fact, this might be a good segue, because I want to give away a box of goos, so I thought the first <laughs> listener to post a link to purchase a straight jacket online will win a box of goose because <laughs> <laughs> I want a new pyjama top do you have a regular supplier or so it's all under wraps mate but I'm well, right. let's just say no because I need a new I need a new chain of alright hey, yeah that's a novel way to get a box of goose mate yeah first person to post a link to a, a purchase where I can purchase a straight jacket a genuine straight jacket genuine straight jacket it can be used I'll, I'll get a dry plane alright I reckon there'll be a few others out there that might need it over the next three to six months, actually. Right. Actually, I'm happy to share it around, so that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Um, our special guest today is Corey Philpott. Thanks for giving up your time, Corey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Before we get into it, I'd like to thank our partners, Renoa, Sydney Brewery, Goo Energy, Guy Me Allied Health, Base Camp Altitude, T8 Run and Fractal Running Caps. You're getting some Fractal Running Caps made up? Yeah, got some, got some little going on with them, so it'll be interesting to come and see that come through in the coming weeks. We'll get them in through the borders, <laughs> I <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, stuck. Stuck in bloody China, so... Mm. No, they'll get that come. Yeah, oh, they'll, they'll come through. Might be six months, but we'll get them. they make a fine hat. It's worth the wait. Mm. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'd also like to thank Jimmy for doing the editing behind the scenes. Good work. Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Does Jimmy live in Canberra still? He's moved to Canberra. Mm. Mm. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. <laughs> so, have you guys noticed that there's like a thousand more people on the trails at the moment? Have you seen that up in the, the mountains, Corey? Uh, walking. Yeah. yeah. Walking, definitely. Um, not really running as such. It's the same people constantly running yeah. uh, together, obviously in small groups and stuff like that. But More walkers. Yeah, a lot, a lot more walkers, especially... Um, I actually live across this place called... Just moved there two weeks ago. It's called uh, Knapsack Stairs. Yeah. Um, no, the Knapsack Stairs. Yeah, right. Knapsack Stairs. Yeah, they're pretty good there. We've got whole different trails there. You can probably get lost in there. About maybe 20, 25 different segments that you can run through. Yeah. Um, and they will lead you to all different parts of the mountains. And uh, across from there is the car park. Across from my house is the car park. And man, are there a lot more cars Chock coming down. Chock a block. Yeah. Yeah. Even so midweek. Yeah. Are, are you worried? Do you reckon someone's going to take some Google Earth footage, see all those cars, and then? shut the whole place down because I'm a bit concerned personally not really I think if something like that gets shut down gets shut down it's just going to be all national parks like I don't think they'll shut down that one section no no I just mean all national parks oh yeah definitely I, I reckon it could come to that since they already shut camping grounds and yeah um, visitor centres and stuff like that so definitely I think if too many people are coming out then 
Maybe if someone wants to put a link on our website for two straight jackets, then if that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was just thinking I'm just going to get up an hour earlier. <laughs> just, just chuck on the headlamp and that's right, yeah. get out there. Yeah, well, I'm lucky if we do go into lockdown, bang straight across the road, there's You're the trails. Out. Yeah, that's it. So there's no driving, traveling. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to get groceries, but you're in your running gear. Uh-huh. <laughs> There's ways around it, aren't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I have to ask Oppo. He's, he's the king of this. Just going out for some milk, honey. Mm. <laughs> Back in two, two hours, hours later. <laughs> uh, more than a couple of hours. So. Well, it's another story, though. So, have you guys noticed that all of these newbies on the trails struggle with general trail etiquette? Yes. Definitely. Yeah? Yeah. yeah it's, it's bedlam out there, in my opinion. So, Corey, if, if you had to help a first-time trail runner to pass off as a veteran, what advice would you pass on to them to help them understand the rules of the trail? What are they not doing? Uh, first of all, say hello. Yeah. <laughs> Put a smile on your face because you're out in this beautiful part of the world, so why would you not be smiling? And if someone says hello, you have to give them a genuine hello back. Um, move to your left. Yeah. <laughs> if you hear someone coming, just move out of the way, you know? I could, you could be coming down pretty fast and if I'm running, you don't want a 90 kilo guy trampling you over, you know? So, yeah, just move to your left and no, I think that's it, man. It's not that hard, is it? No, it's really not. Yeah. Two simple rules. Say g'day, move to your left. I must say, up in the mountains, everyone says hello. Do they? Yeah, everyone. Well, I mean, if they're from Penrith traveling up, they might not say hello, but everyone in the mountains says hello. So there's a distinction. The guys from the reef. You know, you know. Oh, yeah, you, you, could, you could tell a little bit, but... Yeah. I right. can't say that. I just moved to the mountains, so I was from the Rift, and I still said hello. So. You said hello, right? Yeah, of course. So I always say hello. Mountains in your bike. Oh, mountain bike riders, they don't say hello. Nah. <laughs> no, got oh, and they and they don't move out of your way. Yeah, oh, actually, yeah, opposite. We have the same down here. Yeah. They're a tough breed. The mountain bikers, tough they to are. crack. They are. Yeah, we try. What about uh, running kit? The newbie seems to stand out like a sore toe in terms of their gear. So what are the more obvious faux pas that we can let them in on so they blend in a bit more? Um, maybe if they're going for a long hike, take a water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> the water bottle could be a start. Um, if it's a 25 degree day and you're going on a walk, maybe don't wear long tights. Full length skin. Yeah. Yeah, see a bit of that. Yeah, let's just get some shorts on and cool yourself <laughs> down, especially if you're not taking a water bottle. So. <laughs> Yeah. I'm noticing a lot of phones strapped to arms. Yeah. You notice that? Yeah. yeah. A lot of active wear. That is the worst. A lot of big technology. <laughs> big headphones. Oh, yeah. Another thing, could be, another thing could be for general trail etiquette. I know people. a lot of people run with headphones, but mm. I don't tend to run with headphones, but, you know, maybe have them down at a lower volume so you can hear what's going on around you. Yeah. There's a fair bit of external music going on that I've noticed too, actually. People with the speakers in their backpack. Just... Oh, yeah. We do actually have some walkers. I actually saw some this morning, actually, were doing knapsack stairs with speaker in their backpack, a yeah. whole group of them. <laughs> but they did, move to the, they did move to the side, which is good, sir. So. Just assume that you wanted to listen to them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Was yeah. it good, at least? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think, it was what, <laughs> I think it was what the kids are listening to these days, so some crazy stuff. Can't understand it. So, how old are you again, Corey? I'm 22. I shouldn't say kids because I'm, I'm still young, but I do listen to some of that stuff, I must admit, but just didn't like the song. Fair enough, too. There you go. So, mate, you're, you're from the Shire. You, you, grew up, you grew up in this area, um, played nine seasons of rugby league yeah. with some Pats, and then um, some of your senior footy with Joey's. Yeah. So, you're a bit of a late starter yeah. into the, the, the trail running scene. Yeah, of course. So, um, 
Did you have some, some time off between your footy and getting into running? How did that come about? Yeah, so obviously played a big chunk of my football with Sam Pats and um, went over to Yarrawarra Tigers playing junior reps with Cronulla and eventually went down to Illawarra Steelers and I was at Helensburg for I think half a season there till I thought that my um, passion for football was lost and I just didn't, I thought the spot could be given to someone else um, that actually wants it. So halfway through that season I... Um, just decided to call the coach and said, hey, this isn't for me. You're better off giving it to someone else. Um, leaving, going back to park football and actually coming back to Joey's was, that's when I found, I guess, my path of destruction. And then I took some, after maybe a year or two with them, I decided to, you know, take a step back because obviously that party scene, I guess we can dive, dive into a little bit more of that story of um, where I've been because doing all where I've been doing all that really shaped who I am now. Um, I regret some of the stuff I had done, partying, drugs, all that. But if I didn't do that, I wouldn't be in the position where I'm in today. Yeah. Um, having been, I was on a. I'll, we'll say the short story. I was on a come down after a big bender with the boys. I think it went for two days, and I was being stupid enough to drive home. And um, when I on my way home, I had to pull over. I just broke down into tears. Um, me, me and my father, we didn't have a good relationship growing up, but he was constantly always there for me. Um, I, we, we talked and you know we hung out here and there, but the relationship just wasn't there. Um, yeah, I didn't really have him there all the time, and that was me, not him. He was trying constantly, um, and I rung him out of anyone in the world that I thought I had in my life. I thought I had a million friends. I had all my family down here um, and I rung him and I needed him more than ever there. Someone that I never thought I would need in my life and I needed him more than ever. Um, Within two days I was packed up and moved out to Penrith. Just dropped everything here, deleted all social media and it's just, my life's never been better, man. Fresh start. Yeah, fresh Fresh start's just what you needed. Mm. And I think you finally realise who's actually there for you when you move away from that situation. Mm. So your dad, Sean, he got you into trail running? He was... Yeah, so what actually happened, I was obviously during that time, partying drugs, I'd gained a lot of weight. Um, I think I topped at 118 or something like that, something close to that. Um, And I dropped all that weight down to 90 90 kilos from memory. And... um, I was at a comfortable weight. I wasn't fit. I was just in the gym, getting up early before work, and I was doing two sessions a day, just working hard in the gym, working hard in the gym. Never thought about running. Um, until an old mate of mine, Jackson, he got me introduced to the Nepean River Run, the 6K loop, and I couldn't even finish one half of that. And that's when I realized, holy crap, I'm unfit, and I never want to run again. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, I'm never doing this. Like, this is just stupid. I'll just stick to the gym. And then... Once I finally got to a comfortable weight, I started putting a little bit more weight back on, and I, just like now, I just go up and down all the time. And Dad one more one night goes, "Oh, you coming for a run with me in the morning?" No, I'm not. Get the fuck out! I'm not going for a run. With you. <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, you are. You're coming to do a half marathon." Fitting it. Yeah. First run. First run. Well, I was running. Like I did the Nepean run, yeah, but I couldn't yeah. even finish it or whatever. Going for a little two k around the block and. It was just dreadful. I was just kept on telling myself, I'm never going to do this again. And he goes, yep, half marathon. And we went from, I think it was Lura to Blackheath along the road. 
Yeah, it was relatively flat. It wasn't really <laughs> on a hill at all. Now yeah. flat the mountain, so. <laughs> nah, there was a little bit of undulating, but overall for the mountains, it was flat. <laughs> right. And um, yeah, so he woke me up 4.30, went up to the mountains and ran with his friend Claudio and off we went. And at the 10K mark, I felt so good. I don't know what it was. And then on the way back, they they kept on taking photos of the scenery and stuff like that. And then I was just like, no, nah, can't stop. If I stop, I'm dropping. Yeah, yeah. So I ran all the way back to the car and I actually almost collapsed, like getting back hit in the car and I was gone. I didn't know what I just put my body through. And after that 20Ks, I was sore for probably two or three weeks after that. <laughs> and that was my introduction into running in trails. There you I, go. I, I love that your dad just decided that 21Ks was the, yeah. the starter. It's, it's a make it or break it. Eh? It's unreal. Yeah. Just oh, I have to thank you for it because this is where I'm at today. This is just from where I was then. Like, man. Cruel and unusual torture. <laughs> so when you were saying um, about where you were then, I've got this photo I dug up of you. I'll show Hattie while we're, we're looking. That's uh, your, your fat twin on the right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's it. D- double pumpy, mate. Where's <laughs> Corey? Yeah. Couple yeah. of cans in your Is this at a music festival? Yeah, I think that's at a festival, yeah. Yeah. What's that look like? A Coke. Oh, yeah, I'll do a soft drink down there, it's alright. There's <laughs> too many Coke cans, obviously. Uh, yeah, that was at a festival, I forget where that was actually. I'm not too sure. But, but yeah, I was so there. The, uh, so this is twenty seventeen, you've said uh from hundred and sixteen kilos to eighty eight kilos yeah, that's it. in six months. So you, yeah. lost, you dropped thirty kilos. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, now I fluctuate. Like I like 88 kilos to be my race weight, uh, roughly around there. But yeah, wow. yeah. And, and so since that initial 21k, you just continued. Well, after that, my dad actually took me on the um, Hounslow course, yeah, right. <laughs> which was I was like another oh, flat run. That was a proper. <laughs> yeah. That's like a, the Blackheath one was on roads and like there was a little bit of trail, but it wasn't too much. But when I went up and did the Hounslow course, just the short course, I was like. I actually, if this is trail running, it's not even running. Nah. <laughs> I was walking up ladders and everything. I go, this is, I'm never doing this again. Uh, to this day, I still want to do Hounslow just to tick it off the list. But yeah, yeah. I think it's one of those races you just have to knock off if you live up there. Yeah, I agree. Have, have a beer, mate. Have a Sydney brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Relax. 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 Um... So, I've heard you got a bit of a soft spot for hamburgers. Did you stop at Sugar Ray's? Oh, yeah, Did you stop yeah, at Sugar yeah. Ray's on the way down? Or? No, I didn't, but actually, Sugar Ray's was my go-to when I was down here. Yeah, I heard you had a sponsorship with them. <laughs> I <laughs> wish. <laughs> <laughs> you spent enough money. Yeah, dropped a few lobsters at Sugar Yeah, Ray's. 100%. <laughs> they have the best chicken burger there. I've been there in years. I didn't know it was still around. It's still rolling. It's still rolling. Yeah. Still rolling. Yeah. On the main strip of Sutherland? Yeah, yeah it's got a little sign. Next to the Corey. bakery, isn't it? Next to the bakery. Next to the bakery. Yeah. Thanks to Corey. We're still going well. We're still going business. Yeah. Yeah. I set them up for three years. Yeah, <laughs> three years right. of business. <laughs> and so t- tell me, your old man was into trail running all the way through? Like that was his thing? Yeah, I think he started off doing um, Spartan races, the obstacle courses and stuff like that. My uncle Rob, he um, he was more into the ultra running scene and stuff. You're on trails and your 24-hour races around... Um, around laps and I think my dad had run on the trails here and there but never really been introduced to it until my uncle got injured and he could he was booked in for the 68 Hounslow and he got injured and I think my dad had um, 8 weeks or something like that to prepare for a 68k and he'd never even thought about doing that he was just doing little um, obstacle courses here and there yeah right 
and yeah, I think he, I think that was his introdu- introduction to proper trails. Wow, sixty eight k Hounslow. That's a good. I think it's classified as one of the toughest races in Australia. It's got to be. Yeah, I think it's, it's up got, there. It's got a lot of vert, a lot yeah. of teaching stuff there, mate. Yeah. And so someone was telling me the old man last year raced an ultra every, every month. month. Yeah, for the twelve ultras. Yeah, I laugh at him because he never trains. And he just goes out and does all this stuff. And I said to him, oh, now this is your... So you run your ultra, three weeks recovery, one week taper, go again. <laughs> <laughs> just never trains. So none of training between. No, he, just, he never trains. He just keeps on going. He's a machine. And we're talking legit yeah, 45k <laughs> plus ultra. Yeah, you're talking, I think all of them were 50 plus. Yeah. Wow. I think uh, one of them rolled the dice. He did 130 or something like that. Yeah. And that was the week after... Was it week after or two? No, a week after the Royal Double. Yeah. I think it was the week after the Royal it Double. Was a week after. Yeah. yeah, so he did the Royal Double. I don't think he pulled out on the second day. I think he maybe got to 80Ks or something on yeah. that weekend, and then came out and did a next week, ticked off his. Um, was that July? Yeah, July. Yeah. yeah. 130Ks. 130Ks Not the bad, next Sean. week. How old, how old is he? Uh, 48, 49, I think. I don't want to say 50 just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, Yeah, he's a machine though. Yeah. (laughs) Should we talk about the famous roll roll the dice ultra? Yeah, definitely, yeah. Mm. All right, good. So we we, we talked to Ben Berryman about this. But so hypothetically, if someone had, you know, just had three out of three races cancelled for the year and was interested in entering the roll the dice ultra, how might one go about it? How might one go about it? Uh, it's pretty secretive. It's like a cult, isn't it? <laughs> this is what I'm asking. Um, oh, I don't know. Maybe start running up in the mountains on a Thursday morning, doing the euphoric run, and get into Barrow's ear and just say, "Hey, mate, roll the dice." Just whispering his ear, and you might might put your name on. Yeah, perk up a little oh, bit. This person's interested. So look, we had that white cat stroking Bond villain race director Ben Berryman on the show yeah. to describe the race. <laughs> But I like it described from the other side of the fence. How, what was it like to actually run the I thing? think it was 2018. I clocked over 100 Ks for it. And it was 98. I was at 98 Ks. And I was like, no, nah, not going again. Not going. And then they go, he goes, you've got... Uh, I think I had like 35 minutes. And he goes, you have 35 minutes. Do one more. And you can get over 100 Ks. And I was like... No, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. My dad's like, I'll do it with you. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I think I rolled I rolled a six. So what they what they did at Roll the Dice is um, if you rolled a number that you didn't want, a mm. loop that was really hard, if you had a shot of fireball, what? you could pick what loop you wanted to do. It's a shot of whiskey to yeah. go out and do what you wanted yeah. to do. So I think I rolled a six, and the six in 2018 was the worst. I think it was uh, yeah down to the causeway from memory, and I think it had the most vert. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm going to do a five, which is flat all the way around the lagoon and back. And so I had a shot of whiskey and went for it, and I actually ran my <laughs> actually ran my fastest five k loop on that last one. So the hundred k's. So the five all worked. Yeah, the five all worked. Got me going. But that that race is yeah. It's undescribable until you're there, I think. Right. You boys, oh, you've experienced it. You? I've been there. Yeah, yeah so yeah. it's going there, like, it's a mystery. Barrow had us fooled last year, mm. to hear that much, so mm. I don't know what's going on now. So you're up for the 24 hours the first year, you're awake for that time? Yep, 2019, 
uh, I think I did 30Ks and I'd just come off a, like a 13 or 14 hour day at work mm-hmm. and I did 30Ks and just went to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I fell asleep on the thing. If you watch the Roller Dice uh, 2019 video thing, Mark Turnbull, he come around and filmed me asleep. In the, the middle of the cafe. Yeah, in the middle of the cafe. I was asleep on the chair. I was like, no way. <laughs> I was like, oh, you couldn't put that in. Like, <laughs> After I watched the video, I was actually thinking in my head, Oh, hopefully he didn't get me sleeping and then a couple of seconds later it's just and then there's my head snoring asleep <laughs> so after the glory of 2018 100k plus you managed to knock out 30k the next year yeah I know I know insane I used the excuse of the royal double yeah. but then my dad did 130 so I, couldn't... I said oh he didn't finish both doubles that's why he didn't finish both doubles <laughs> so you actually finished both days of the royal double ultra yeah I think it was the last one to come in on the second day yep. my second day was faster than the first day I think yeah yeah. There's not many people. That's a pretty exclusive group, actually. Mm. Yeah. I think they only had five finish both days. One of five. It's yeah. impressive, mate. Oh, so I came fifth. Yeah, you came fifth. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Did you get that certificate? No. It must be in the mail. It's coming. I'll move houses. So I'll be down the <laughs> So is it true you got towered up by your dad and your uncle in that roller dice, dice ultra? Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> Especially with my uncle. He's a machine. But, but he was at... Um, he actually did... I don't know if you saw Blue Goat. Up in the, oh, yeah. in the Blue Mountains. Yeah, the yeah. backyard. Yeah, blue the backyard goat. blue goat. Is that Tony Williams? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he kept on... And they reckon they could have gone for another 24 hours, but I think both of them together just went, no, nah, we'll, we'll pull the pin now because the wind started picking up and all that. And they just said, no, nah, we'll pull the pin, we'll call it a draw. Wow. Yeah, but they were both going for another 24 hours. He's just built for those races, man. Tell me, apart from the fireball and the, the general uh, being away for 24 hours, give me a couple of other curly rules that have been through at you during that race. Um, oh, there was the snakes, there was oh, there was the ladders. There was the snakes and ladders, so it's like a proper board game. If you land on it, you get to go up. Um, I'm not too sure what happened when you actually got to the end, because I don't think I got to the end. I kept on going <laughs> down the snakes. <laughs> um, we had games cards where... Um, I think you had like a, I don't know what they're called, like a draw card, and if you landed on one of them, um, might say pick your pick your running buddy, and you can run with them for the next two hours or something like that. Okay. Um, or there was a card, like say you just picked up, you just rolled an awesome, you just rolled a five, and that was the best loot, that was the easiest loot, and you landed on the card, you flipped the card, it could say, up, oh, go do loop six. So the hardest. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I think last year they had the one they had a um, trail where you had to actually catch the train. Oh fair enough. Yeah, you had to catch the train back down to Leonie and then run back up to the mountains. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, so bring your opal card. Yeah. Yeah, you did say bring your opal card yeah. last year. Wow. Yeah. That sounds Amazing. Might be the only race on for the next six months, though. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's jump on. Can I take you back to uh, when you used to work at the PCYC at yeah. Southo? And I believe they asked you to go speak at a conference overseas. Yeah, well, I didn't actually get to speak at the conference, but I did get the opportunity. I was so grateful for the opportunity to go over there and represent PCYC Australia with one other person. And um, it was called the One Young World Youth Summit. And... They had some of these awesome speakers just come down and basically inspire. Not basically, we were there as um, to communicate our thoughts as the youth with the problems in the world. So we would go there. Um, we did a lot of workshops where you would um, 
we would all come together from people from all all parts of the globe. I think they had eighty something different countries there, and um, just being able to talk to everyone and all their different backgrounds. I'm still friends with three people that I met um, through that conference, and their backgrounds, where they come from, where they stand on problems in the, in their country. It's just a massive eye opener, you know, because I think we only find out half the story most of the time through the news and all yeah. that. And when you get to those, back then I was 18, I think I was 17 or 18, maybe I've just turned 18 when I went there. And um, going there and actually hearing these, like we had Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, he was there and he was talking about all these issues that Canada had at the time um, with immigration and uh, legalizing marijuana, all this kind of stuff, because that was in the talks back then. It didn't, I don't think it got done until recently. Mm. Um, but all those problems you'd hear about, talk, speaking to the Canadians, you don't hear about all the stuff that he talks about on the news. Mm. So going to some, a conference like that and actually hearing world leaders, people that are a part of, um, oh, I forget that, um, that organization. G20? No, no, no. There's a... Uh, I'm having a mind blank. It's the... Uh, it's not the government, but they look after the whole world. You're like, right. The UN, that's it. All these people, like Kofi Annan, he one that really stood out for me when his speech and all that kind of stuff. Um, they had animal rights activists there and stuff like that. And also they had um, the CEO of Mercedes and all that kind of stuff. Come. Okay. So they also had a business side to the conference, which is pretty cool. A big eye-opener talking big numbers at such a young age. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty awesome to... See, that's experience I'll never forget. That's amazing. And not too many 18-year-olds get to have that perspective, I guess. No, when we went, we were the youngest people there. I think they were all like, most of their companies sent them over there Mm. to do this thing. And I guess youth is classified as 22 to, uh, I guess like, you know, anyone below 25 or 24 Mm. is still classified as youth. So Mm. a lot of those people were on the edge of 24, 25, stuff like that. Already had all these experiences and we're coming in blindsided. Just, yeah. but that was... That was awesome. Super valuable though. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. To Australia. Not 100%. operating on sound grabs, you actually get to listen to these people talk. Oh, 100%. And yeah. do workshops with these people, like they're coming mm-hmm. down and doing separate workshops. You got to choose where you wanted to go, who you wanted to see, them actually coming down and having lunch with us, like mm-hmm. these people that you see on TV. You know? Yeah. Oh, mate, that's, that's phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. So, you talk about the, the running stuff. So, obviously, you, you've, you've had an affinity with this running and trail running in general terms and, and you've actually started to, to bring it into your day-to-day life and you're coaching people, you've set up your own business. Yep. Can you tell us a bit about that one, mate? Yeah, so um, CosFit Strength and Endurance is a business that I set up and basically the strength and endurance is something that um, entices me. I love it and I know it's not for everyone and that's why the run coaching um, side of things is there because I love doing it. I love seeing people reach their goals, have goals and actually succeed at them more. Even if it's just like, I've had people that come, I recently started the 440 up in Glenbrook. Even having those people now, they're not, they're not a part of, um, they're not a part of like coaching. I don't coach them, but just seeing them, me being there, they're a part of the CosFit community, wearing the gear, stuff like that. And them just going, oh, I ran two, I could get two laps done this time, I've got to run five, yeah, like, I've got to run five, just little things like that, and then our track sessions, people having goals, like, I want to do a 400 in this time, like, okay, well, these are the steps we're going to do, work for that, um, we're still quite small at the moment, and, like, 
the mountains is a tight knit community, but we are doing online stuff and all that kind of stuff. So Unreal. it's pretty cool. And I'm constantly learning. Like this coaching thing is just full oh, ball. You know? Yeah, you never stop learning. It's awesome. No, I absolutely love it. And so you've got people from 400 meter stuff through to 100k ultra marathon guys. Yeah, so I've got uh, the longest distance I've is a guy doing for a marathon. Well, he just was in Canberra Marathon, and that okay. obviously the pin got pulled there, and um, now he's just lucky enough to get an entry into Chicago. Into Chicago, yeah. Okay. But um, it's on the same. he was also registered for UTA, but that was just going to be a little bit of a fun run, so okay. I can't do that now. It's the same time as Chicago. So October, Chicago Marathon. Yeah. yeah, I think it's October. Yeah, I think it's a week before UTA. Hopefully, it'll still be on. Yeah, I hope so, man. Mm, I hope so. Good, yeah. I've got to listen to a question pertaining to that. So this is from uh, Desperate and Raceless, so no names there. But Ultra Trail Australia have just announced a revised date for October this year. How confident are you that this will go ahead? Also, is Hattie entering? If so, I won't bother as he seems to be cursed. <laughs> I reckon it'll be on. You reckon? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon this thing's going to pass. It's, yeah. it's going to blow over. Yeah, I reckon it's going to blow over. <laughs> yeah. What did Trump say? Done, done by Easter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it'll be done by Easter, but yeah, we'll definitely. I think it'll be over by October. If it's not, we're in serious. We've got serious problems. Yeah. And I am entering, so the hundred. <laughs> Bring it on. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah, bloody hell. <laughs> this is good. This might be a good segue if we go down to Sean Ranella to get some um, some shoe reviews from the Godfather. We've got to chat about the Salomon since ride three. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, let's, let's, get, get. let's go to Sean. Okay, we've, uh, we've, we've shot over to Ranella. We're going to have a little chat with Sean, the Godfa- Godfather Tyndale, about the Salomon Sense Ride 3. You got a, got a pair there for us to have a look at, Sean? I have, Paul. Welcome to Ranella. Thanks, mate. Uh, how was your birthday? Mate, it was quiet this year. Very quiet, it yeah. It was quiet. Um, couple of quiet beers at home with uh, yeah, with the family. Yeah. And then I actually got up and we did a little interview with Corey Philpot too. So that'll be the next one on the Running Matters calendar. So quick, quick quiet beer with uh, with the Wolf and Corey. So, look yeah. forward, look forward to listening to it. Yeah, it was good. But you've been running in the sense ride three. And yeah. what's, what's been your feedback? You've had the Ultra Pro. Yeah. What's the dip? What's, what do you find different in this shoe? Oh, so I've had... Three weeks probably, and probably about three runs a week on the trails in the in the sense ride. Um, straight out of the box, mate, they were they were comfortable. They were sort of like slippers, you know. They were they were really cushy out of the box. And that that's the feedback that we've had the, the cushiness. Yeah. Um, you know, their stack height twenty seven mil yeah. millimeters in the heel and nineteen in the forefoot. So you're still getting a little bit of that that cushioning. Mm. They're an eight mil drop. Is that the same as the Sensoride 2? Because I had a pair of those at one stage. No, for me, the feedback has been this feels more cushioned yep. and it's more more softer, a lot more positive with this. Our sell-through in the 3 hmm. has been far more greater in this yeah. than the 2, and um, which is great. It weighs 280 grams. So it's, is that all? Yeah, so it's still reasonably light. Yeah. Um, and for me, this season... This shoe has been Solomon's go-to shoe. Yep. Um, everyone's sort of, yeah, picking this up mm. um, or changing models from, you know, the Ultra Pro into this and finding this is a lot better. Yeah, yeah. So, um, well, com- yeah. I guess compared to the Ultra Pro, I found it definitely more comfortable. I think the extra rigid bits and pieces with the Ultra Pro 
Uh, yeah, know, this doesn't have the wings that uh, um, pull in with the with the speed laces, which some yeah. people found a little bit more, little bit more, um, or sort of too tight, restrictive. Uh, right, restrictive yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and obviously the midsole in this uh, is an OptiVibe. It's a new OptiVibe foam, so it's a combination of foams, one to dampen the impact okay. when you're landing through the heel, and then obviously one to propel you off. So mm -hmm. it's it's a dual density foam, which. As the feedback's been really good. Um, obviously, the upper—it's a stitch-free upper, yep. so it, it's, there's no stitching in it, so it, it fits like a glove, it does, um, yeah. or that sock-like feel, um, and so there's no irritation there no. Um, in any movement, and and it and the foot actually moves round and has that um, ability to move like a sock yep. um, without any irritation. And obviously, Solomon—they always have that. That great outsole, which is a, a contour grip, yep. um, which I've had for years, and it's the it's a really durable outer sole that's um, for all conditions: wet, dry, mm. loose material, um, yeah, and hard surfaces. So, well, mate, yeah, I was running on some pretty clay, muddy, scrappy conditions up in the Blue Mountains in these things, and I had. Uh, the Swiss machine, Michelle, behind me, just telling me how aggressive my uh, my trip was <laughs> the whole time. Mate, they were sticking to everything. That was sensational. Fantastic, so. yeah. And obviously the speed laces pull. Yeah. It fits nice, and you've got the little garage underneath the tongue where they tuck Love up. Love the garage. Love the garage. Okay. So, yeah, feedback for me. Um, this season has been, this is the go-to shoe from Solomon. And, mate, they look pretty sharp as well. I like yep. the black and grey. Yep. I, I, Very smart yeah. colourway for trail. Especially if you want to sneak away for a trail run in this current lockdown environment, yes, they're probably mate. a little bit easier than the orange and the exactly. blue. Exactly. So. Yeah, it won't stick out. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're after at the moment. Yeah. You know, incognito. Yeah. Like running away from the uh, the fuzz, so to speak. Oh well. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Time, strange times ahead. Yeah, strange times. And, and tell me, um, what, what's well, happening in Ronala with? Uh, well, we with are still open. Yeah. yeah, with the current situation, we are still trading, right. um, which is great. Um, nine till four, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Uh, Monday to Saturday, sorry, and then ten till three on Sundays. Okay. If you need anything, we're delivering free within the Shire, oh, which, wow. which has been fantastic. The wow. support from our customers, local customers, has been fantastic. I've been to Bangor, Menai, dropping shoes off, yep. um, Sutherland. So it's it's really good, um, whether you need nutrition, whether you need just socks, mm -hmm. anything. Um, you know, if you're still training at home, um, you're on the wind trainer or you're running around the, the table or doing, <laughs> these, doing these insane uh, marathons. I tried to do 5Ks in here the other day and, boy... Five k's in the shop. Five k's around the shop. And wow! I had to stop at five. I don't know how these people are doing marathons around a kitchen table. Very, <laughs> very strong will. Very strong because I lost interest after five. But yeah, we are. We can deliver, and yeah, oh, it's great, great that great, great that we're supporting. Uh, we're getting that support from our local customers. It's yep. it's keeping our light on, mm -hmm. and um, and as well, we've got a website. Yeah. If you're having problems with the website, just ring us. Um, and same, we can do transactions over the phone and we can post it out to you. Any, oh. uh, free postage anywhere in, in Australia. Oh, mate, that's an amazing service. So if, if anyone out there listening you know, wants to support a great local business, jump on, jump on the website, come into the store. You can still come and have a look around. But, yeah, come and, come and chat to Sean and Jenny down at Ranulla. And get yourself into a pair of the Salomon Sense Ride 3s. I can't recommend awesome. them highly enough. Super cushy, super aggressive. What else do you want? Perfect. Thanks for your time, Sean. We'll Thank head, you, Paul. We'll head back and uh, continue our chat. Yeah. See you soon, mate. See you, mate. Bye-bye. And we're back.
I actually uh, brought back a 2XL running mat as Ronaldo Singlet with me, and Corey's before, before looking resplendent in it. I didn't even see him get changed. Um, <laughs> technology. What it's awesome. That's great. Technology. It's the only 2XL they, they ordered, actually. Well, they knew. They knew. They knew. Yeah, they knew. They knew what was coming. Yeah, it's a clever guy, that Sean. Yeah, he knows. Mate, can we talk quickly about the 440? We glossed over that a little bit, but um, what's 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 the concept? We had a, we had a chat to Goodsy and Dan Wagstaff about it, the the shy sort of version. So you, you just set up something in the mountains. Yeah, I actually I'd seen Goodsy doing it, and I'd seen the 440 page, obviously, and they doing Bronte and stuff like that. Um, I actually didn't realise how big it was until I had actually spoken to um. Noxie and Toddy about actually bringing one up to Glenbrook, but um, when I saw what they were bringing to their community, and I went down there and visited them, and went and did it one morning, I just thought, mate, like the people up in the mountains, they could definitely use something like that. And basically, what the whole concept is is that we start in the dark and we're moving towards the light. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're constantly moving forward. Um, we're never coming. We're never looking back. And it's just full of positivity. Like you don't come there to be negative. You know, you come there as an outlet if you need to let it blow off some steam and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's awesome for people like that. Um, and it's also for people that aren't confident enough. Um, the reason we start in the dark. You know? okay. If people aren't confident and stuff like that, you know, people don't want to be seen. Mm-hmm. You come. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We're all inclusive. Everyone comes. Walk, run, hop, jog, skip, whatever you want to do. Mm. You come down and we do 10 laps, but you can do whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. And you can tell them not to wear their phone on their arm while they're out. Yeah, you can tell them. Oh, I actually have one person that wears their phone on their arm, but they're good. They're good. They're good. <laughs> it's why it's dark. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's dark. <laughs> so we, we talked about the laps down in Cronulla. What's, what's the loop? Where do you run it in the mountains? So uh, we leave from the, obviously, Shane has helped me. Um, from the cafe there, they've helped me a lot with getting this all organised. We meet there every uh, Saturday morning. So what's, a, what's a cafe? Sorry, uh, cafe two seven seven three. Yeah. So Shane owns the cafe and the running shop mm-hmm. next door. So we just meet inside the cafe. We'll have our little chat before we um, head off, and then we head across the road. It's just a little loop. You might remember it if you go down the end to the train station, turn left, and then you come back up that first street. It's a nice little hill. Or People that have come out from other that have done other 440 says this hill's the toughest one. Oh really? Yeah, and I said, "Well, you're in the mountains." So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They expect it. Yeah, you could not have one. Yeah, I had multiple options that I could pick, and I was like, "Oh, this one just seemed right." That you know, obviously getting other businesses involved by yeah. helping us out because obviously with races and stuff like that, you can't be there every week. Of course, you know, we yeah. do run 52 weeks a year, not right now with this virus. But yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and so, how long is the 10 lap? 700 meter loop. Okay. Yeah. So it's 700 meter loop. I think ours is 17 meters elevation each lap. Okay. Yeah. So um, it may look a bit intimidating when you're standing at the bottom, but when you get to the top, it looks good. <laughs> I've actually got another listener question regarding the 440 there, mate. This come in from Ben Berryman. So did the idea for the Glenbrook 440, which is about 7k long, occur to you after you pulled out of the 2019 roll the dice ultra after a similar distance? Yeah, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I ran 30k's barrow. I'm trying to knock that. It's on Strava. Have a look. <laughs> I don't think it matters. I might have to have a chat with him on Thursday. Sometime. I've got a, uh, I've got a listener question. We might as well go three in a row. Let's go. John Foster. Yeah. 
Duke uh, consider yourself to be a good housemate? You like to keep the place clean and tidy? Oh, of course. Even ask my dad. <laughs> you, no, you're not your grandma. Ah, uh, yeah. No, nah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I think I leave shit around, and then my missus cleans up after me. So I'm all right. <laughs> It's a good yeah, system. She's good. If I didn't have Brooke, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. So shout out to Brooke. She's good. So new dad, you had, you had your yeah, son Jacob, Jacob in October year. last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's awesome, man. So obviously being so young, twenty-two years old, it's a life-changing experience. Um, I never look back on it. Another beer? Yeah, of course. Why not? Why not? I'm gonna have a uh, pale ale. Enjoy, mate. Yeah. What a great range. Uh, it's good. Obviously, being a dad at a young age, when you find out something like that, you are in shock. My dad was in shock, and it's a lot to think about, like that. And me and Brooke, me and Brooke, we obviously, well, we hadn't um, been together for too long before that. And yeah, I, yeah, I knew Brooke was the one. And all that. I'm not gonna get a lovey dovey, so uh, <laughs> I uh, could, but this podcast is all about. Yeah, always put you in the couch. Yeah, I love you, Brooke. You know. <laughs> If, I, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do what I do, honestly. Like, I'm constantly working. My mind's ticking over. Um, family time, obviously, like, means so much to me. But um, we work together. We're getting, getting all that done. Obviously, you guys might find training for ultras isn't easy. And then having a business on the side of that working where you're not a full-time sponsored athlete. And then you've got athletes to look after. And now I've just created my own podcast. So... You know, that's an, another thing I've decided to take on. And, yeah, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. It's good, mate. Unreal. Wolf finds training for ultras easy, so... Oh, no, no. I see his cases. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we talk about your uh, your next challenge? You, you're thinking about, and tell us how far down the road you are, yep. of uh, pulling a car yep. 42 kilometres. Yeah, so the idea came about. I've known about it for a couple of years, right? Uh, Ross Edgley, he did it back in 2016 and he's been a big inspiration of mine because similar builds, he's a lot leaner but similar builds, we lift almost the same amount of weight and he does a bit of endurance stuff so what I find he does is just so fascinating and he did it back in 2016, um, he completed it in 19 hours and 36 minutes um, so where, where do you pull a car for 42k? Obviously you try and find somewhere as Yeah, look, the logistics side of things is obviously that's hard with with, if you do it through counselling, public roads, then um, you're going into all the logistics of getting traffic control and all that kind of stuff. Mm. You've got to have insurances and everything. Um, me and my dad are just looking on satellite um, on Google Earth or whatever it was the other day, and we found this awesome, I think it was a private property where they look after horses there, and it looked like a awesome little bit of road. So thinking about heading out there and maybe knocking on his door and saying, mate, this is what I'm doing. I'm... I'm doing it to raise awareness for child abuse. Okay. Um, it's something that you know I feel so strongly for as it's personally affected my family. Um, and I just wanted to, I just want to read out a couple of stats in case people don't know how um, how big child abuse is in Australia. Mm. Um, so there's this guy Damien Ryder. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a, like a polyathlete. He does some pretty crazy stuff and. He had his own personal issues with uh, child abuse growing up and he's battled these demons all his life. And he has um, paddleboarded from the Gold Coast to the Gold Coast of Bondi. Um, and he also rode a skateboard along Route 66 in America, which is 3,000 
something corners. Really? Yeah. Or fully self-supported. So. Yeah, wow. Like, and he all does that in the, um, to raise awareness for child abuse and he does TED Talks and stuff like that. He's a very, very inspirational person and he lives over in the States at the moment and I was lucky enough to, for me to reach out to Damien and him respond to me. Um, so I'm currently in the middle of working with PACA, which is his um, brand of awareness for child abuse and mm-hmm. Um, they work with Child Safe Australia and stuff like that, so we're in the middle of getting that sorted. Um, obviously, with fundraising, it gets a bit difficult when um, you do a GoFundMe account for just me, and then people might not want to do it because you know you're really going to give all the money to them, all that kind of stuff. So we're just in the middle of um, organising that kind of stuff, and location-wise, that's a difficult part. But for these statistics, like um, it obviously. They only go off reports here because there's a lot of people that won't say anything. Um, they reckon that one in every five children are abused mm-hmm. by their parents, whether it be emotional, sexual, or physical. Um, when you look how many children there are around, one in five is a lot. That's right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, 30% of children are abused by family members. Um, 60% of by the family, by a person that the family trusts. Um, globally, there's over one billion children from the ages 2 to 15 that experience physical, sexual or emotional abuse. And to me, that's just an astonishing number. Um, and it's something that is really overlooked. Like, people do promote it, but where do you ever hear about it? Mm. You might hear about it where they have, um, like, child abuse week and stuff like that, but then after that week's done, mm-hmm. what happens? So, um, yeah, this is, this is something that I'm really passionate about. And moving forward, I'm going to try and really push this. Um, have, you, have you got a date in mind? No, so obviously date um, sets in on location Yeah. because you can't really lock in if they've got another rent on. Yeah. Um, we're in talks with uh, the mayor of the Blue Mountains, um, obviously with everything going on, he's a really busy man, so um, Katoomba Airfield's an option. Mm-hmm. Um, been looking at places around Homebush or Homebush Athletics Track. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting emails back and forth from them and obviously an athletics track, they want to know what's in it for them yeah. because they run off money and if I'm putting a car on their, um, you know, synthetic yeah. uh, rubber field, like what, if it does any damages, what are they going to do? Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine a car's going to worry too much. Well, not when you're driving it. I'm just, it's just going, I'm pulling it, so. Rubber tyres. Yeah, it's not going fast. No, you know? well, you hope it does get fast. <laughs> yeah. Faster than 19 hours anyway. Yeah, yeah, so I'm hoping to average around 25 minute k's. Okay. It's been pretty cool. Um, he did it with, Ross Edgley, he did it with a 1.4 ton car. So depending on what vehicle that I can get my hands on, if I can just use the one that I have now, which is the U, that's one point, between 1.7 and 1.8. I haven't gotten fully weighed. But is, is there, like as far as you know, Guinness Book of Records, is there, is there some sort of stipulation? I've been trying to look up Guinness World Records and they don't, they don't have anything on there. So I am going to, you know, approach them and okay. um, put it out there mm. that... Once I get a date and stuff sorted, that's when that kind of stuff is... Once um, when I get a date sorted, that's when they're going to know, all right, the logistics side of things. I'm mm. trying to get sponsorship from Red Bull and stuff like that. But obviously, you need to have a full approach when you come to Red Bull. Full a million point. people, you need to have a full pitch because a million people a day come up with them with these crazy ideas and mm-hmm. they go, well, how are you going to do it? So, you know, that's when you need to have a whole year's worth of programming in place and stuff like that. I want to know how you're going to strap it to yourself. Well, I've been looking, I was just using a, um, like a, 
a ratchet strap at the moment. Okay. But that was just for testing shoes and stuff like that. And you've started pulling a car already? No, I haven't been in full training for it. I was just testing shoes and all that kind of stuff, see which works best and what's more comfortable. Yeah. I've done about a K at a time testing them. Um, With a car though? Yeah, with a car, with a car, yeah, yeah. So I had to test it out, yeah, yeah. Can you uh, send us a photo of yourself pulling a car? Yeah, of course. I've got a little video on my Instagram and stuff like that, so. That's so good. Yeah, so we're doing shoe testing and stuff like that. I'm lucky enough to um, have Evolution Medical Care, which my uh, Andrew down in Penrith there, um, helping me out with all my recovery and stuff like that, which is pretty cool. And Shane from the running shop is going to help me out with some, you know, nutrition and all that kind of stuff, so. Fantastic. Yeah. Some shots of fireball, perhaps? Oh, if I want to change course. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, that's amazing. And what kind of shoe is best to pull a car, then? Well, I've got the Brooks Caldera at the moment. Right, that's what I feel most comfortable in. Yeah, it could be. (laughs) It also depends on the surface, I think. Like, a Toomba Airfield is a, um, it's a hard rock. So, it's not actually, it's not tar or anything like that. So, but once I, if I do end up going there, I'm going to have to test out the shoes again and stuff like that, so... That was just purely testing it on road. Where'd your mate do it? Oh, he's not. Oh, I wish he was my mate. So you went, <laughs> is he like me? No, no, no. He's from the UK. He's uh, pretty well, he, like he's well known within the fitness world and stuff like that. Like okay. he works with a lot of good people. And um, he recently, he just finished the end of last year. He swam around Great Britain. Swam around. Swam Great around Great Britain. Took him eighty or ninety something days. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So like he's, he's he's done he did this thing called a triathlon where he strapped a fifty pound tree to his back and ran, rode and swim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like he's crazy. He's someone that where I've got my strength and endurance from. If you see a photo photo of him, I'll show you this after this, and he's like he's jacked. And he just does all this crazy stuff. So I'm hoping to just beat his time. If I end up pulling a strong if I end up pulling a heavier car Obviously, I'm not going to go for the goal of beating his time. I'm going to go for um, completing. Nah, let's get a lighter car then. <laughs> nah, I have to get I have to get 1.4 ton or heavier. Right, have to. Okay, 1.45. Yeah. What have we done? Is this episode 58? I've never heard anything fucking like that. <laughs> What's this oh, maybe I'll just get my get my old man to sit in the car. What's this guy's kids. name? He's our next Scott. <laughs> Ross Edgley. Unbelievable, man. How do you spell his surname? E D G L E Y, I think. All right, so you look him up, you'll be you'll be amazed. Let, let's talk training then. So, how do you balance the strength required to pull a car one meter yep. versus the endurance to pull it for forty two k's? Well, the the specific training for the world's strongest marathon will start in August, and that will be a whole different set of training. There's a lot of partial movements because obviously when you're pulling a car, you're only taking little baby steps each time. Right. So it's a lot of strength in the chest, the shoulders, because you're going to be pulling, you're going to be like that the whole time. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of partial movements in the calves, half squats, half deadlifts, stuff like that. Okay, so not um, full range stuff. No, so not full much. range stuff. Really just strengthening the lower back. Okay. Like the lower back is something that he had an issue with mm-hmm. um, in his training. So it's going to be something that I feel like, well, I get some issues with definitely doing the ultra runs. So it's something that I'm really going to try and focus on mm-hmm. during this big year training block that I'm going to try and um, okay. knuckle down and focus on. Um, I brought it down to two days running and then three days strength, and two okay. days recovery. Um, obviously, those those runs, they'll be around 10 to 15 Ks. Like, so I'm still going to try and keep that K volume because I know in my head mentally, I can push for that distance. Mm-hmm. It's the strength work that I really need to 
Not that I need to amp up a lot, but it's something that I want to sustain. And if I can gain a lot more strength than I do, I know I have the endurance to keep on going. If I keep in my 10, 15 Ks, like 30, 40 K weeks, then I can still get a bit up there. That is just mind blowing. Yeah. Is that pulling your car at 20, 30 Ks a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So doing around, doing around 30, 40 K weeks, um, running and just aerobic base, like no, no pushing, just, just cruising along, just getting the Ks through the legs and the feel of running. And then combined with the strengths, obviously the strength's going to be, um, maybe your five to six rep range yep. the whole way through. Um, build up to your one RMs and stuff like that. So, so like um, like any event, when you when you're building your your training base, you start to you know be more specific with how many k's. Yep. Is is are you going to start building up some training load pulling cars? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. So one of those one of those strength sessions yep. is going to be on the weekend. I'll be getting up and pulling a car for at least four or five hours. Okay. Yeah. And that will be and. My main focus is going to be because I don't have the time to be able to um, stand there for 10, 12 hours to um, pull that car at the pace, at my race pace that I'll be doing it at, I'll be going for a faster pace. So when I was doing the shoe testing, I was doing about a 10 minute pace pulling the car. Um, And so uh, the race pace is going to be about 25 minutes. Gotcha. Yeah, so during all my training, I'll try and keep it between 10, 15 minute pace per K. Pulling a car at 10 minute Ks. Yeah. Whereabouts are you training? Oh, I just, well, with the shoe testing, I haven't gone into full training with it, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to do the training at this place called Jemo Park. It's like a U-shaped, um, like a U-shaped car park. Okay. All flat, so okay. I go in there. I told Dad if he, um, he can just bring on his laptop, do some work while he steers the car around the corner. Then he, can, then he can wait another 20 minutes until I get to the end and then turn the car again. Yeah, so it's pretty cool like that. Mate, that is... Like you need someone in the car, you can't do it. Mate, that's just amazing. All right, let's, let's talk about some regular ultra marathons. Like it's really boring stuff now. Yeah. But, yeah. Mate, so you, you, you've done a bunch of different races now. What, what tends to float your boat as far as regular ultra marathon running? Um, what sort of races? UTA, uh, really like backyard. Um, it was a backyard for me, and that race is was my first ever ultra that I'd ever done, and that feeling coming through with that crowd, I've never seen it at any other ultra. Mm-hmm. So um, you can't beat the feeling of finishing a UTA race, whether it be the 11k, 22, whatever. That um, I've never experienced a crowd like that at the end. Um, you know, I like the Royal Double actually. Because I like running fast, I like running flat. It's, I hate hills and stairs. Okay. I'm sure like most runners do. But so you've done uh, UTA 50 twice? Yeah, this will be my third year, yeah. Yep, and yep. do you plan on stepping up and doing the, the hundreds? I promised myself I wouldn't go up to the hundreds till I get a sub six hour UTA 50. 50, yeah. gotcha. I like that. Yeah, so I promised myself I would not go up to the hundred until I hit that. Yeah. Both years at UTA, my training blocks have been. I thought my training block for um, the 2019 UTA was almost perfect. And coming down to it, when I look back on it now and assessing what I was actually doing, um, too much time in the gym, not enough time on the legs. My mm. cage just weren't up there, mm. and so it just wasn't wasn't hitting the mark. Okay. What about some specifics 
being you're talking about being about 90 kilos yeah. so what what a race day calories look like being a big dude do you sort of throw the maximum of 300 calories out the window and just go large what happens yeah so what i normally carry with me on race day like oh, i have a banana in the morning just to get something in just to get something in my stomach and then during the race all i drink is tailwind and then have my salt tablets obviously just have my salt tablets on me um that endurance guy you had on the other week I was listening to him Andy Blair yeah and he um, mentioned something about having like two salt tablets every 10k's or one hour or something like that I'm going to give that a try and see if it will um, stop cramping or onset cramping and stuff like that so mm. but just my endurance gels and tailwind really I hate to eat during an ultra yeah, yeah, sometimes yeah. I have my watermelon at an aid station and stuff like that but I can't stomach anything no, if I stomach anything I feel like crap are you measuring your calories per hour though, or are you just... No, nah, I'm just, I'm just looking at the scoops of tailwind. Sophie Brown, she gives me what I should really be having. What she says to me I should have, I have on me. Yeah. But if I don't feel like it, I don't, I don't tend to eat it. Mm. Like she tells me how many scoops and all that. I don't okay. really know the nutrition side of things. So she's working. I just have a sound her. knowledge, but... She's working with your weight though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Clever girl, Sophie. Yeah, she's working with my weight and my training and stuff like that. And she's yeah. come on board for the... We're about to have a meeting soon at the World's Strongest Marathon and okay. work out that training program and what I really should be eating, okay. hitting my targets and stuff like that. Yeah, she, she's the one to listen to. She's fantastic. Yeah, she's awesome. And do you, do you find that it's easier to bonk with what I would consider to be a bigger needed calorie intake? Like, do you, Does that happen to you a bit out there? What do you mean by bonk? Like, like just run out of steam. Oh, yeah, like... I normally, like, I've tested myself on the Oaks Fire Trail and stuff like that with just one bottle of water doing 30Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know, like, roughly how far and how fast I can go um, on a flat course with um, minimal water mm-hmm. and just running off tailwind or just running off gels mm-hmm. with no water. Um, I've tested those things out on myself, so I know roughly where I'm at okay. with that kind of stuff. Um, but on race day, yeah, I normally just tend to carry what I've been told yeah you could yeah. Oh, I love salt and vinegar chips salt and vinegar chips are my go to it's probably the one thing that I can stomach in during a race forgot to mention that actually no I'm keen on that too yeah love them what about heat mate with all that freaking muscle mass surely you're producing an enormous amount of heat yep. while you're running yep. do you find that to be a factor with your race yep and I sweat so much yep. and my fluid intake is probably double someone else's okay yeah makes sense yeah it's yeah, I have to top up at aid station. My pack's normally gone by the first 20Ks on a two-litre right. bladder. Yeah, well, that, yeah, muscle mass is pulling in a lot yeah. of fluid there, yeah. so... Yeah. I tend to try and um, drink probably about six to seven litres a day leading week leading up to an ultra. Fair yeah. six yeah. to seven litres a day. I sweat so much, even at work, yeah. obviously working in construction and stuff like that. I yeah. try and keep up on my electrolytes, flush out everything. and It's a lot of fluid. Yeah. What about you? What's your daily intake, you reckon? I'm drinking a fair bit of water. Mm. Yeah, at least a glass or two a day. Yeah, Brooke always tells me you go to the toilet too much. Two a day. <laughs> <laughs> you really keep, keeping it real. Yeah, Brooke always says to me like, "Yeah, you go to the toilet way too much." I'm like, "Oh, just because I keep on drinking." Mm. I just keep. I love just. I love water. I just keep on. Guess if you keep it up, if you paint, it's good. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's a good strategy. Yeah. Now let's let's talk about. Base camp altitude quickly, one of our partners. So, mate, we had you testing on the treadmill up at two and a half thousand metres above sea level, and you did exceptionally well. But how, how much harder did you find that compared to running around Katoomba at, you know, a thousand? Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a lot harder. Yeah. And I thought I'd go a bit better than what I did um, having trained with an altitude mask, like 
fairly often in the last six months because mm-hmm. obviously um, having Jacob, my um, training has dropped a little bit, you mm-hmm. know, being a father and stuff like that with newborn. So I try to compensate with that by using the altitude mask and mm-hmm. you know getting um, better results and stuff like that. A bit more bang for your buck. Yeah, that's it. And um, I don't know what the difference is, maybe because the carbon dioxide in the mask has nowhere to escape. So that's why I, I felt like, I feel like more with the mask that I can... Um, I can go for way longer, but I feel like in there I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess you're pushing up a little bit higher there too. Yeah. Two and a half thousand. Interesting though. Like yeah. I'm talking about 600 meters plus being a bit of a disadvantage if you're not acclimatized to it. So yeah. I thought you mountains guys would do it a little bit easier. I noticed. I actually went for a run in Sydney the other week and noticing the air quality mm-hmm. is crazy. Like I actually found it so much harder to run in the city than it was. Because the smog and what have you. Pardon? Because of smog and all that. Yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. Everything, man. Like, I don't know what it is. Just the pollution in the sea. You come mm. up to the mountains and you're like, what the hell is this? Like, it's definitely different, eh? Yeah. Like, Even I had someone come up for this morning for an interview and he said the air quality up here, even just in Glenbrook, like, you know, this is a massive mm. difference. And he mentions it himself. Mm. It's just crazy. It's always good to get up and have a run around. Something real. I've got a couple of listening questions. Fire away. This one's from The Florist. Now, Forrest rings in every week and asks a question, but this is a pretty simple one. He just wants to know, can you give me five words that rhyme with Corey? Dory, Snorry, Hoary, uh, <laughs> Story, uh, Bory. Oh. <laughs> it's a tough one. That's a tough, that is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I think you wanted to hear Montessori, but... Um, we got we got through it anyway. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. Mate, um, cousin Benny's got another one. So notice you've got an owl tattoo on your leg. Was yeah. that a uh, a shout out to the Nord crew, or was there another significance there? Oh yeah, it can be. Yeah, yeah, it was for the Nord crew actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now nah, when I was eighteen, I'm a big fan of Drake, and his emblem his uh, emblem is the OVO owl. So that's the OVO owl right there. There you go. So, yeah, it's a big fan. But now, yeah, now since I've moved away from that scene, it's for the Nord. There you go. Yeah, nice. That's his. That's nice. his. Cousin, cousin Benny must be a big fan of Drake as well. Embracing Drake. Yeah. <laughs> cousin Benny's got a big tat across his chest, abdomen, I guess you'd say. Yeah. So it uh, looks pretty wicked, actually. I think it's going to look even better when he's 75. Definitely. Look exactly the same. <laughs> he's got to keep his training on. He's got to keep it tight. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and last listener question for me comes from Marty Keys. As the current record holder for Quad Circumference on the Running Matters podcast, I, uh, I, I just wanted to see if there was a new challenger. Um, I guess we need to measure your Quad yeah, Circumference story. I've got the, uh, got the tape here. Let's have a look. What was Marty? Uh, no idea. Not sure? Massive though. Massive. Yeah. Did you measure yourself? <laughs> no, I think I did. That's intimidating, isn't it? That's, that's a quad. What is it? It's bigger than my head. 60 or something. Yeah, mate, that's a, that's a 60 centimetre quartz. <laughs> what was the last one? Keys. I reckon he would have been in the 40 something. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm proud of that record. All right, we have a new champion. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's that's amazing. Yeah, that's a good finish. We'll, uh, we'll wrap it up and then we'll sit around and talk about your quads for a while. Awesome. So, uh, thanks again for coming in. Where do uh, if people want to uh, follow your progress and your, your crazy car pulling exercises? Where do they find you? Yeah, so you can just find me at Cosfit, uh, just on Instagram. I 
not really on Facebook. My Facebook got hacked, so I don't have a password to that and all that. So just find me on Instagram, cosfit underscore, um, C-O-Z-F-I-T. Um, yeah, and if you could also follow my new podcast that I just came out with, it's pretty yeah. cool. What's it called? Uh, Substituting Normality. Basically, we're interviewing some pretty inspiring people that push themselves to the outside edges of what our society calls normal. Yeah. Just to inspire, motivate, empower, and educate people about what's going on in the world. Okay. Who's the yeah? Who's the first interviewee? Yeah. So I had a guy, um, Troy Jones, come on today, and he's running across Australia next year. Okay. All for mental health. Um, next year I have a good. Oh, sorry. Next year, next week I have a guy, Mark, who. I think it was former special forces and he's now um, part of counter-terrorism for the Australian government so oh, wow. yeah, give people a bit of an insight and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so not just targeting sport and running it's targeting everything that's going on around the world fantastic mate yeah. sounds interesting you guys have inspired me <laughs> yeah great well um, thanks again mate for giving up your time good luck with your uh, your next challenge and uh, mate well, I'm sure we'll, we'll be in touch and we'll speak to you soon mate thanks for having me okay. Okay.